Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 323. I've been lucky enough to make a few cruise friends along the way, and when one of those friends decided to give Royal Caribbean another try, I had to see how it all went. Sherry from Cruise Tips TV just took her family on Harmony of the Seas for their first Oasis-class ship and first visit to Perfect Day at Coco Key. Sherry shares what her first Royal Caribbean cruise in quite a few years was like on this week's episode of the podcast. Here we go. So it probably comes as no surprise that in many cases, I am a kind of an enabler. When I say kind of, I mean, I'm a real cruise enabler when it comes to any friends or family who say, hey, I'm thinking about doing Royal Caribbean. And that's like my in right there. And I go into my used car salesman, you know, mantra of what do I got to do to get you on a cruise? It's not quite that shady, but you get the idea. I'm always in the mood to help my friends and family come check out Royal Caribbean. And when I heard from one of my best I'm going to say my, my online bestie, which is uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV, that she was considering, thinking about, maybe sort of looking in the direction of a Royal Caribbean cruise. My eyes lit up. I felt like the heavens opened up and I could hear singing in the background because I knew this is the opportunity to help my friend here get in on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And lo and behold, uh, Sherry got a chance to try out Harmony of the Seas. Sherry from Cruise Sips TV, welcome back to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Aw, thank you, Matt. And I'd consider you my online bestie, too. And if I'm going to be enabled, that's the direction I want to be enabled in is a Royal Caribbean cruise. Yeah. I mean, you get it. I'm sure you had, you've had you had friends and family in real life, you know, who come to you and are like, oh, you know, sh- you know remember, remember that? What's that? What's that cousin of yours? Sherry? Yeah. Doesn't she cruise <laughs> a lot? Yeah, she does. Oh, we should go ask her, you know, what she thinks about cruising. And, and then you get those kind of folks who come to you. And when you hear that, I mean, you, you kind of want to like almost like tackle them with like, oh, yeah, you should do this and this and this and this and this. But you kind of want to, you know, be what you, you get excited about it, right? Yes, you get so excited. I was really excited to reach out to you and be like, okay, Matt, we're thinking about it. What do you think? And I, I was really happy to hear that Harmony was like your, you know, your backyard ship. So that made it really, really awesome for us. So why did you, how did this all come back? Why were you thinking Harmony or Royal Caribbean in general? <laughs> We had a specific week that we were working with in September. We knew we wanted to do Royal Caribbean. It was like, okay, it's been four or five years. We've never been on one of the Oasis class ships, and we want to do something different and new and exciting. And everybody's constantly talking about how amazing these ships are. And we kind of wanted to do something special for our son, too. Like, you know, a a ship that's really super kid-friendly. So. We had, you know, since we had that specific week that we were working with, we looked at a lot of different options. One of them was, gosh, I think it was, was it Empress? I think um, so. It was like a, a really port intensive one. We were even looking at one out of um, Puerto Rico that was Southern Caribbean. There were just so many options. But then when we kind of like put it all together, we really decided that Perfect Day at Coco Key had to be on the menu. So this ship came into the picture because it was Everything about it was new. The ship was new. The embarkation port being Port Canaveral was totally new. And what we thought were going to be the ports, which is another story, right? Right. Um, St. Thomas and St. Martin, we thought it was new and perfect day. So it was all new. And that's what sold it for us. And quite honestly, the base price was a pretty good deal. Yeah, so there's a couple things that come out of just that I want to talk about because, number one, the fact that Perfect Day Cuckoo Key is already resonating with you as someone who's, you know, you obviously follow the industry, but you haven't been there before, but it 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 kind of lured you in enough that you that kind of put it on the radar more so than maybe if we were a year ago from this time, you would have maybe chosen differently. Totally huge draw for us. Um, everything that we we're hearing too from people who are visiting was so positive. At first, I thought, oh, big water park, you know, it's going to feel like a theme park. But then, as I started to learn more about it, it actually sounded like. They had just designed the island so beautifully. Like the drink packages worked on the island. The food was getting good reviews. And you had your choice of like really like the chill or thrill thing Mm. was yours for the taking. So we just felt like we couldn't lose and we really wanted to check it out. Absolutely. It makes total sense there. And the fact that you also mentioned something, uh, you you, you mentioned that Harmony is a newer ship. And I think this is kind of a universal truth. I'm going to defer to you on this, Sherry, in terms of the cruise industry, that when you're picking a ship, especially when you're new to cruising, it's hard to overlook, I think, or or gravitate towards, at the very least, some of the newer ships because they offer the latest and greatest. I'd say that if you go on a ship that's 10 years old, it's a mistake. Far from it. 
But there is something to be said about having the latest and greatest on any ship, whether it is Royal Caribbean or Norwegian or Carnival or any other cruise line, right? Yeah, that was definitely a factor for us. We didn't feel like we had to be on Symphony, you know, the newest, latest, greatest. We kind of liked the idea of Harmony because it was very, it was similarly brand new, but yet the prices were coming down a little bit and it had such good reviews for having good service on board that we thought that's about the right amount of new for us. But yeah, all the bells and whistles, but without the high prices of the most, you know, the newest ship in the fleet. Absolutely. Now let's talk about even before you got on board the ship, actually maybe it happened when you got on board, but regardless, as you were getting ready for your cruise, mother nature had a little bit of a different plan for you. Yeah, Mother Nature had a bit of a different plan for us on embarkation day. It kind of came out of nowhere. You know, we're just a few weeks off of Dorian. And when we got onto our ship, we knew that um, that James Van Fleet and the, the meteorologists had been tracking a tropical depression. But um, I'm not sure exactly when it was named, but right before the mustard drill, Captain Johnny came on and said, hey, guys. You know, we have a tropical depression situation here, tropical storm at the time. Karen is moving into the area of St. Thomas and St. Martin. And in fact, St. Thomas is closing its port. So it's looking like we're going to have to reroute. We'll be back in a moment. And then by the end of the mustard drill, they had already made the decision to reroute, which I thought was pretty cool because the communication was swift. You know, you had very clear, like, right, like you're already the mustard drill and you have everybody's attention. And Captain Johnny comes on and says, Hey, you know, this has to be the way it is guys to keep you safe. We're going to Costa Maya. We're going to Cozumel instead of St. Thomas and St. Martin. You know, we, I hope you're, you understand, but this is what's happening. And I think that clarity probably really helped a lot of people to get their head around the change. You had some grumblings like you always do, but we were excited about the change and we were happy just to know that perfect day was still on the calendar and we actually were getting an extra hour at perfect day. So for us, everything was just lining up perfectly, but we're glad that everyone was safe and that there was no major damage and um, that everything did end up working out okay down there. That's terrific. I mean, the fact that I would I would be with you on that one is like, we're still going to perfect day, right? Like, that's still a thing. Like, that's <laughs> of all the ports, that would be the one that I would hang my hat on. And I certainly can understand exactly why you would feel that way uh, with that. So itinerary change. And hey, look, this is the nature of, of the beast, not only hurricane season, but they're trying to keep you safe. So, you know, and like you said, I mean, there's some people always going to be grumbling about it. But I mean, you and I both know and anybody listening should understand that the end of the day, you want to be safe. You want to be anywhere near a storm and going to, you know, uh, Cozumel and Costa Maya is by no means uh, slumming it by any means. It's it's a wonderful place to visit <laughs> as well. So they have their own things to do there. Yeah, absolutely. We were not sad about it. I almost felt like that little, that perfect day song almost started playing in my head <laughs> when they gave us the news. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, great. We're going to perfect day. No problem, man. Everything is great. Yeah, so yeah. it was, it was definitely okay. I know there's some people who just didn't want to go to Mexico and they were vocal about it, but, um, you know, it was handled just so professionally that had a lot to do, I think with how it made us feel about it. There was no confusion. Yeah. It was like, this is what we're doing. And, um, you know, you're actually getting more time in ports because of it really generous long days. So, and you had, you know, you had two days to figure out what you wanted to do there. You jump online and make some plans. So it was, it was handled really nicely. Yeah. I've always said when it comes to Hurricanes, especially, it's a no-win situation for Royal Caribbean and all the cruise lines because you know you're going to have people who are going to be upset. You're going, you're changing itinerary. So if you say, okay, we're going to still go on the itinerary. Well, then you'll have people that are upset that you are going near the storm, right? And so it's like they're always going to be that. But I think uh, obviously you and I can understand why and certainly and and agree with the decision. So uh, that that certainly makes some sense there. But let's talk about Perfect Day Coco Key, the reason you booked this cruise. Um, we're going to get to Harmony, but I kind of want to talk about the ports and then come back to the ship. So you went to Perfect Day, and, and I love when you mentioned earlier in this broadcast when we talked about, you said, you know, you're, you you saw some stuff and said, oh, you know, the water park. And I get a lot of feedback from people who have never been there, whether they're first-timers, have never been to Coco Key at all, or more likely they've been there before the changeover to Perfect Day. And they have this perception that it's it's a water park, but I can tell because I saw some of your reaction both live from the island. You were doing some great live broadcasts on YouTube, and then you were also obviously since since you come home, you've talked about it. It is more than a they added some water slides. 
so much more. And they, when they say they divided it into thrill and chill, the key word is divided. Like you, when you're on the chill side of the Island, you have no awareness of the water park. You can't hear a thing. All you hear is ocean breezes and you don't, you just, it's completely separate. It's totally yeah. different. I, I mean, I wish we had more time to experience that side, but it's like the Island has like four distinct personalities and there's really something for everyone. And, you know, for people who are not into water parks or theme parks, which honestly we're not either, this is different because it's your own private water park and theme park. <laughs> you know, it's when you go to Disneyland, it's not just your ship, right? So yeah. it was a totally different experience. I mean, yeah, there were some lines for the water slides, but for any other experience, it was like total pampering. Every detail was thought of. I was totally shocked at that for everything from having the shuttles that are optional to take you in to having like food at every turn. They even put like a pop-up bar inside the Thrill Water Park, which I thought there were no bars in the water park, but now there is. There's like this oh. wood shack, which was so great. So I think they're listening to people and it's just there's something for everybody. Absolutely. And you followed one of my mantras that I absolutely love. You booked the cabana. I think the Thrill Water Park cabana is what you picked, right? Yes. And I wouldn't have known about it had you not said like, you know, scope it out, look at the prices because it could be a really nice option for you. And it was total highlight. Yeah. I love, I mean, for, for from a family perspective, I absolutely love them. Uh, the pricing can be a little all over the place. It sounded like you got a decent deal on it actually, because I've seen really? the pricing go a lot higher than what you mentioned on your live broadcast. I think you would say you were around 400. Is that accurate? We were at 499, Nine. which yeah. I thought was, Ooh, ouch, a little high. But when you consider that you get six water park passes, that's, that's the thing. pretty, you know, it pays for itself if you have five people in the cab, in the cabana. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can get all those folks in there, the value proposition, because the Oasis Lagoon Cabanas, the Chill Island Cabanas, they don't offer water park admission. It's just the cabana, which is nice, don't get me wrong. But at you know even at you know four ninety nine, so that's five hundred dollars, right? If you consider what the daily water park admission is, let's say for easy math, fifty bucks a head, right? It may have been more, it may have been a little bit less, but around there, you're probably talking, you know, that you multiply that by six out, and really the cost is a whole lot more bearable, especially if you can split it with another family. I mean, if you had like, you know, uh, perhaps Sherry, a friend or a family joining you and you can split that cost, my gosh, the, the math on it becomes a slam dunk. Yeah, it really does. And on our sailing, water park um, prices were way higher. So the lowest they ever went down was $87. And wow. a few, exactly. And most of the time I was tracking it. Um, now keep in mind, we, we booked this about two months out. So we didn't have the benefit of like, looking at the cruise planner really early, but it was most of the time it was at 93 bucks a head. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, even with that math, then it makes it even more of a slam dunk decision. And I just love, you forget the value of it. What I really love about cabanas, I'm, I've been using cabanas when, you know, back in Labadee, uh, as well as Coco uh, Key. But for me, it is ha having that home base, having that area to kind of spread out, put your stuff on, have shade and kind of a refuge for your family. I absolutely love that. And I, I think that was kind of similar to what you were talking about in some of your uh, reviews. Yeah, it was great. We loved that too. And we loved that the locker, the, basically the coffee table is a locker. So you yeah. just put all your valuables and we had some cameras. We were, we're not traveling with like a massive amount of valuable cameras, but if we wanted to put the GoPros in there or switch cameras, we could do that. There was even like a, a an outlet. It was really high up, which was kind of odd, but we could even charge if we needed to. And then, I mean, obviously they're bringing you food and drinks all day and that's Definitely. Speaking of value propositions, for me, that's really nice that you had everything brought to you whenever you wanted it. It was really cool. Absolutely. Uh, did you have a chance to walk around the island besides the uh, what you saw there in the water park? I did, but I didn't get very far. So I went over to the chill side and went to the beach just a little bit, and I saw the shopping area. But I did not make it to the pool, and I didn't make it back to the area that's under construction. Yeah. So now I just need to – I have to go back. <laughs> Everything's going just as I planned. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. For research purposes, come on. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the other places you visited. You went to Costa Maya and you went to Cozumel, and you hit two of my favorite places in both those uh, both those uh, say islands. Only one's an island, but both those ports. And uh, talk to us about what you did in Mexico. Yeah, we totally did. And I know that you had spoken highly of Maya Chan. 
before. So in Costa Maya, which was our first port day, we did book Maya Chan. So when we heard about the reroute, we jumped online and got a reservation at Maya Chan and they emailed us all the instructions and that was an amazing day. So we took the bumpy cab ride out there and they showed us around. It was just so tranquil and beautiful. We had our own private little like somewhere between a palapa and a cabana. The taco lunch was unreal and the um, the the drinks flowing all day, the massages, everything was great. The only downside, and I think a lot of your listeners are probably totally aware of this, was that they had the seaweed infestation. The sargasm problem is still really bad. So the water was stinky and brown and it wasn't super great for swimming. The kids were in there. For sure. I saw kids snorkeling in it, which was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're snorkeling in chocolate milk. But um, <laughs> but it didn't, it just didn't dampen it for us, partially because we knew, you know, we knew exactly what was going to happen, but it almost made us want to go more because, you know, you, 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 you feel for that business. It's like how, my gosh, those poor people, you have no control yeah. over this seaweed infestation and it made it even more alluring to us and service was unreal. They're so friendly and your blood pressure just, I mean, it just comes down the moment you, the moment you step foot on that sand, it's just a whole new world. So loved it. And then, um, the next day we did Nachi Kakom, which I know you love too. We had done Mr. Sancho's last time we were there. And then about five years ago, we had done Nachi with my mom and my son, who was only five at the time. And we just had the time of our life. So we made a point to get there early and stay the whole entire day. Um, everything was perfect. Food was phenomenal. Service phenomenal. Met a lot of nice people out there. The water that day was just, oh my goodness, it was crystal clear. So where we, you know, where we lacked in the beautiful crystal clear water in Maya Chan, we got, we got that gorgeous Caribbean blue the next day in Cozumel. It was a perfect day. Absolutely. The, um, Lowercase p, by the way, in that perfect day. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It was a perfect, <laughs> a perfect day. day. Yeah, sorry. In, I'm in the in habit. My, in Maya Chan, it's, we went there. I've been there a couple times recently. Uh, I remember for spring break last year, 2018, we went there, and the seagrass was knee-deep. I mean, it, they were shoveling it. They had, like, an army of people over there, and they couldn't clear it the whole day. But Maya Chan, unlike I, – I have to imagine almost any other place, is in a unique position because of the – virtues if you will they have that others don't have the the level of service the fantastic food also the fact they've added a pool since uh since in the last year or so and a variety of other factors you know I, it, it's still the 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 ocean while a big draw as to why people go to the beach because this is a beach day it almost becomes secondary because of all the great uh aspects that, that maya chan brings to uh to the to any visit over there yeah, totally. And you could cool off in the pool. We definitely did that. It was very breezy and pleasant, though, that day. And I have to say, too, that the the ocean wasn't off limits for us. We actually went out on kayaks nice. and um, stand up paddle boards. And it was I mean, it was it was just unpleasant. It wasn't unswimmable. It yeah. just wasn't it wasn't like where you were going to spend your whole day, like floating in yeah. the water. But it's there. You're right. There's so many other virtues. I would go back in a heartbeat. So let me ask you a question I get asked all the time. Going to Cozumel now, you went, you've been to uh, Nachi Kokom, and now you've, and you also went to Mr. Sancho's. So how do you handicap the both? If someone's asking you, hey, yeah. Sherry, what, uh, which, you know, which one would you prefer? I mean, I know my answer, uh, but I'm just mm-hmm. curious what your take is on, especially since you've done both recently as well. Um, the grown-ups in my family prefer Nachi. Um, the food and the drinks are just definitely. They're head and head and shoulders above Mr. Sancho's. My son prefers Mr. Sancho's because he loves that water park. And he, Mm. you know, he, he didn't even, he was like standing up to eat his chicken fingers because he wanted to go back in the water. So if he had his, if he had his voice, it would be Mr. Sancho's, um, but I, if I get my choice, I'm definitely going to want to be at Nachi. I just love the way that they cap the passenger, the, you know, the, the guest count. I know that Sancho's does too, because it was sold out, but I think that there's, you know, you're talking like maybe a hundred people at Nachi and I don't know what's the cap at Sancho's like maybe four or 500. So it's just a different vibe, more of a party vibe at Mr. Sancho's too. Um, there is no spring break atmosphere whatsoever at Nachi, but it's also very good for families. Um, there were so many families with young kids at, um, at Nachi the day we were there. So I, I definitely prefer Nachi for sure. 
But I want to try the other ones too. I want to try like um, Playa Mia and um, Paradise Beach because I like that they have the, you know, the water toys in the water. So maybe we'll do that one day when we go back. Yeah, Paradise Beach is a must too. I, I think that's a really strong contender. It's not all inclusive, although they do have one that they've added recently. But uh, the appeal of Paradise Beach, I think I'd be very curious to see what you think about that. Uh, option, but I do agree with you about your your comparison. You know, I do think if you've got kids who are going to take advantage of the of the inflatable stuff, that's a big draw for them. I remember I took I was like I took my oldest daughter. We're like, eh, well, I'll go on that with you. And I try me trying to get up. Like I still thought I was like in high school, and then I got to the float and trying to pull myself up on that thing. It must have looked like an injured sea lion that yeah. is like trying not to get you know. The, the, the shark's in the water and you're trying to like get out of it. That was kind of how I felt. And then I was like, you know what? I'm swimming back to shore and I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> I know it's embarrassing too. I felt the same way. My husband and my son have like a lot of upper body strength. So they were like climbing up on this stuff. And I just felt like, I felt like the guy that the camera zooms in on, on a reality TV show. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. It's yeah. embarrassing and they're slippery and you can't balance. I did it, but then I would like sneak off back to the shore and order another cocktail and some coconut <laughs> shrimp and like pretend like nobody was watching. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I, it's no, no, yeah. can't do it. Um, so we talked about the stuff you did in the ports there. Let's go back to Harmony of the Seas. Obviously, uh, one of Royal Caribbean's newest ship, an Oasis-class ship. So let me ask you, what are a couple things you loved about it and what are just a couple things you didn't love about it? Okay, it's going to be hard because the list of loves is really long. Um, But I would say Central Park was rad. Um, You know, being accustomed to other cruise lines that are just a a wee bit more tranquil, um, I liked that oasis. I liked the quiet. I liked the greenery. I liked Park Cafe a ton. So that was definitely a plus for us. Our whole family loved the boardwalk, too. I just couldn't believe how much it felt like an actual boardwalk. Uh, yeah. so fun. My son was grooving on the, um, carousel. It was so <laughs> cute. He, he's like a 10 year old boy, but he didn't care. He's like, Nope, I'm going on it again, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, he loved it. The guys loved the hot dogs back there at the, um, the dog house and the boardwalk. That was great. The water slides were super fun, but I have to say one of the things that impressed me the most about harmony. And I, I don't know if this is across the fleet, but I could not believe the, the embarkation and disembarkation process. Like it was flawless. And we, both times we never sat down. We kept walking. It was just, it was unlike anything that I've ever experienced. Um, and then I guess the last thing I would have to say would be Wonderland and Wonderland was just everything that it's, it's talked up to be for us anyway. And I didn't find the food to be overly foodie, overly gourmet for our tastes. It was just presented beautifully, fun service, loved the cocktails, I, I I would highly recommend it to anybody. So so many things though, so many things. Um, you said yeah, then things things we didn't like, or do you want to you want to talk about a few things here first? Yeah, I just want to yeah, jump in on what some of the things you said there. First of all, Wonderland. It was funny. I went on Wonderland with on Anthem of the Seas with my uh, parents, and I was, you know, I was really worried because I've known what it is. They've never done it before, and I was concerned. Quite frankly, it'd be kind of a dud, and we'd end up in the. I I purposely scheduled it early enough in the evening that we could still hit up the Windjammer for dinner <laughs> and uh we go there and as it turns out they loved it we ended up doing like on the last day of the cruise they were like we if if this were like day two we would have asked to go back again like so yeah it's, it's it looks like it's going to be some frou-frou like someone is serving you uh you know uh jellyfish with like an eye <laughs> looking at you and it's, it's 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 but it's nothing like that it's just it's all aesthetics but it really is still the kind of great food we all enjoy so uh, you know your experience definitely echoed i think what uh, i recently encountered with my folks and then yeah. the um uh oh, there was something else you mentioned and now i completely forgot what it was oh the, let's see oh the um, the ports uh yeah yeah so what they have what rail has done with port miami port canaveral specifically those two right now are the gold standard in my opinion they both have that in fact if you can if you imagine what you just went through in canaveral it's actually easier and faster in miami if if there's no way i can't i can't it's it was it was crazy we were on the ship at 10 55 a.m yeah so the but that's that's what they're trying to get to certainly with the new app some of the text up there it is a big deal so if you're going out of canaveral or going out of miami it makes it so, so, especially if you have a passport. I mean, you will just breeze through the entire process. 
That's so cool. I have to go back to Wonderland for just a second, though, because I, I, I mean, I think there's so much we could say about it. We could do like a whole show on it. But when you were saying that it's not strange food, right? Like the eel with the eyes staring back at you. Yeah. I, one of our favorite things that they served was basically a deviled egg that looked, it looked like so much more than a deviled egg, but really when you tasted it, it was really just world's best deviled egg. And (laughs) I wish I would have like known or really thought about the fact that if you want more of something, you can order it because I think it would have been like a deviled egg picnic at our table. If we had known, we would have asked for so much more. So I think that's like a tip for somebody who's going is like, if you like something, it's really okay to ask for more. And also it's pretty amazing how they cater to kids in Wonderland. There were a ton of children in the restaurant. It doesn't have like a stuffy adult vibe at all. It was really wonderful. Um, our son was served like, he was served like macaroni and cheese sticks for an appetizer and then like chicken tenders and fries for his main. And then for his dessert, he got like a, a the most giant thing of cotton candy in a bowl. And I was looking through my phone and I saw this little video of him receiving his cotton candy and he just like lit up like a kid at, you know, his first carnival. So it's super family friendly too. I just, I just wanted to, to pop back on and mention that. Absolutely. Great, great stuff there. And it's, it it's, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to bring your kids with you. I know that I've, I've certainly kind of shied away from it, but you, you realize they really want everybody to have a great time there. And, you know, if your kids want to have, you know, pizza or, or chicken fingers, they'll do that for you. So really good stuff. All right. Let's talk about also the things that, Again, I, I value your your perspective on this because you cruise with a lot of other cruise lines all the time. What were some things that you uh, that you thought could be done better that uh, on your on harmony? I don't know about I don't know how they could necessarily be done better. Well, maybe one thing we didn't have the best dinner experience in the main dining room. Hmm. Um, I think I think that the the problem that we had it wasn't really a problem. It's just a preference. Um, we got um, a table for four at like a banquet which is like the long couch where you have like a bunch of tables stacked up on them. And we were just, we felt really cramped. We felt really close to the people next to us. And I kind of noticed that, that the, in the main dining room, the tables were just really close together. So it wasn't our favorite thing. Um, Otherwise, though, the food outside of that, we, we ended up shifting gears and going to the Windjamer because we thought, oh, well, we'll just, we kind of have to partly, partly because we had issues with our show times overlapping our dinner. So it wasn't so much that we didn't want to go to the main dining room. It was that we really couldn't because we had uh, late seating at 745 and our shows were like, okay, 730 or 8. So by necessity, we were driven up to the Windjammer, but we ended up loving it and spending three nights there, including our formal night. So it was, I consider it like it's like a silver lining situation. Okay. The main dining room didn't work. We could have asked for another table. We absolutely could have, but we just felt like, you know what? It's a short cruise. It, let's just explore other options. It's, it's an opportunity for us. So that was, um, that was one thing that I think, I think they could do better by just not having the tables so close together, like thin it out a little bit, give people a little more space, but uh, you know, I'm certainly not complaining. Yeah. Um, another thing that was different for us. And again, this is not a bad thing. This is just what we're accustomed to is that for us, a lot of times things felt really noisy. So, you know, like right when you get on in the promenade, obviously on embarkation day in the first few days, things just feel more crowded. We felt that a little more intensely because some of the cruise lines that we sailed with have a little bit more of a tranquil vibe. So for us, that was like, okay, I need a break. Like take me to central park or like, you know, (laughs) take, take me to my balcony. And then we would be able to recharge. And then we learned the places where that was going to be the way it was. And you know, we could find our little quiet places, but we expected that it's, you know, it's Royal Caribbean. It's fun. There's activities, there's music, there's always something going on. And that's, It's also part of what makes it cool. So um, that was one thing. And then, yeah. It's interesting. I think that, every uh, first of all, I think these are all very fair uh, observations to make. Certainly, I'm not like saying, you know, that's that's crazy talk. I would, hearing what you said there and also the things you loved about the ship, I think the next ship you've got to try is like Navigator or Mariner of the Seas because they're, smaller ships, they're still Voyager class ships and they're still very large ships, but they've been refurbished I'd be really curious what you think of that based on some of the feedback you're giving there. 
I think that would be so perfect because, uh, like you said, like they have some of the newer bells and whistles, but they're slightly smaller and less overwhelming, right? Yeah. And I think we could get a lot of the experience. I feel like I was just looking at Navigator for something. I don't know if Navigator is one of the ones that does the two days at perfect day, maybe. But um, yep. yeah, I, I think that's a really good a really good strategy for us because you know, one of the things that we loved about Royal Caribbean and the things that one of the things that made us want to do it again was that there was so much variety. Like there's just options. There's always, always, always more options if you want to switch gears. And that was, that was phenomenal. Absolutely. It's, it sounds great. What was your favorite show you saw on Harmony? Um, I would definitely say the fine line was phenomenal. So that's the water show. It was great. And we're not, sometimes we'll skip shows on cruises because we felt like been there, done that. But on this ship, there was no way you could say it was been there, done that. Everything was new. So we did the 1887 ice show and we did the fine line and we did Columbus the musical. Columbus the musical was super cute, but it was my, it was probably my least favorite. The ice show to me was really thrilling. We somehow ended up in the front row, which was really weird because we showed up kind of late and I don't know how that happened. But I, I keep telling people, I'm trying to explain to them the thrill of it. Not only was like everyone super talented, but the music was really fun. The storyline was great. But what I was like so stricken by was like when the performers would go by you, you would literally feel a whoosh of ice cold air come up on you. Like that's how close you are oh, to the performer. And I just, that was so cool. So loved it. But I, I think our favorite has to be the fine line, the aqua show. That was just totally groundbreaking, so good for all ages. And there was just, I mean, there was so much to look at. You had like the aerialist, you had the, um, the slack liners, you had the divers, the synchronized swimmers, like there was just everything. It was great. I got it. If, if you've never been on Harmony, you don't want the one aspect of the fine line ruined, please fast forward for about 45 seconds. One, two. Okay. How long in the fine line did it take you to figure out Noticed that some guy was spitting for a really long time. Oh my gosh! The, the for the intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were well, we were totally making jokes about it. We're like, um, my husband and I were laughing. We're like, and I just got a job with Royal Caribbean, and what do you do all day? Oh, I spin. I spin. I mean, literally, the guy. This. I'm because like, at first support. you just he's just doing it, and you're like, you're probably still talking, right? You're probably chatting with each other. What? And then at some point, you realize. He's been spinning for a really long time now, and he, I mean, he keeps yeah. going. Was it like it had to be? It had to be ten minutes. Yeah, it had to be. Just, I mean, it, it, how did he not pass out? It, that's his shtick. I, I've heard a couple stories about the dude. Very nice man, and he's very talented at that. And hey, when you got it, you know, <laughs> flaunt it. I guess just spin it. He was very spinny, so I couldn't yes. figure out if his spinniness was part of the show or if he was like this is. I, please don't take this the wrong way, but I felt like he was kind of like the mime that comes out before the main show. Like, right, right, okay, right. He, nothing else is happening. He's just spinning and spinning and spinning. Like, when is the real show going to start? But it was cool, and yeah. um, you know, he, he was talented, and he didn't he didn't get dizzy apparently. No. Uh, what was the best thing you ate on <laughs> Harmony of the Seas? Oh, the 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 eggs in the little smoky basket at Wonderland. Wonderland. And I would say that has to tie with every single appetizer at Jamie's Italian. Like everyone from the meat plank to the calamari. Oh, and the um, arancini truffle balls. Just phenomenal. What was your favorite slide at Perfect Day? Oh, oh, the slingshot for sure. I loved it. I didn't, I got a little freaked out because that was the one where we stayed late at perfect day. And then we kept repeating it, like climbing the stairs, repeating, repeating, repeating. And on my last slide down, I got facing backwards on the big drop and I had a really uncomfortable feeling of weightlessness and it freaked me (laughs) out. I thought we were going to tip over. So I, I left on a bit of a low note with it, but it's still my perfect, my perfect favorite one. What about you? Are you like a daredevil's um, Pete guy, or which one do you like? Daredevil speak for me. I love that. Really? One. I think, yeah. So that the big red slide, that <laughs> one to me, I love it. It's thrilling. It's actually a pretty long ride. It's it's got like everything in a water slide to me. Like it's like mm-hmm. all the tricks of the trade in one slide. And yeah, I, I can't keep my eyes open at the end. It's it's impossible. But it doesn't bother some people. It does bother. Yeah. Me. I understand that aspect of it. But I I love it. I think it's it's thrilling. And the fact how fast you go, I'm giggling at the end of it. Like I yes, just, you know what I mean. And you, it really is amazing. I remember, I remember, um, 
I, I remember kind of summarizing the day or so, when I got off that slide, I remember talking into the camera and saying, that is the coolest water slide I've ever done. The only reason I can't say it was my favorite, Matt, is because the climb up to the top is really oh, hard. I mean, my God, that was, it's awful. I, that, okay, thank yeah, thank yeah, you. No, it's awful. There's a scene from Ghostbusters. I make this joke every time, but there's a scene in Ghostbusters where they're trying to get up at the, at the end of the movie. They're climbing all the <laughs> stairs to get up to the top to go fight Gozer and you know, the, are you the key master? Are you a god? Yeah. You know that thing. And he gets up to and you can. And I think it's um, Bill Murray goes to Dan Aykroyd and he goes, "Are we? What floor are we on?" And he goes, "Oh, I think we're on like the twentieth. How many do we have to go? Like another like sixty. It's like, all right, when we get to the twenties. You know, remind me to throw up. So that's kind of how <laughs> I felt on there because it's it's yes. like that. It's a it's, it is far. Yes. Far. Yeah. That so I would have done that slide all day long if it wasn't for that. But it, it was one time for me and that was it. And I had like I was joking around that I tried to get in shape for the slides. Like I was going to the high school and running the stairs. But there is nothing that can prepare you for that. Yeah. It's, so it's I had to go to slide? the other ones. I did. I, I liked them, but I'm afraid of that droppy weightless thing. Yeah. So it what I liked it and I I'm glad I did it, but that like stomach in my throat thing just drove me to want to do other things. And I think what I liked about the slingshot is that we could all be together. Yes. Like you could experience it together. I could watch my son and my husband's faces every time. And that was why it was my favorite. What, uh, you had the drink package, the deluxe beverage package. What, what's your review of the deluxe beverage package? Okay. Um, so my review of the deluxe beverage package is it's the bomb and I loved it. I probably personally didn't need it. I knew that going in. I knew I, I knew I'm, I maybe couldn't quite get my money's worth, but I think I probably did most days, except for the days we were in Maya Chan um, and in Cozumel, Coast of Maya, Cozumel, because obviously, like, you've been drinking at a day resort. You're not going to come back on. Well, maybe you are, but I can't <laughs> come on and, like, do my five drinks. It wasn't going to happen. So love that it worked on the island, and we definitely used it. But our workaround that we loved and used the most was to go to Vitality Spa Cafe and drink the heck out of the juices and smoothies. And so I think we, we, my husband was saying it was like a game. It was like, okay, how many 895 detox juices did you have today? Okay, I had three. All right, now I'm 20 bucks into my package. <laughs> so we did that, and it was totally worth it. And I think, I feel like with Royal Caribbean, you need the drink package because it's like, you know, it's, it's part of what makes it fun. Now, my husband's refreshment package was totally worth it. Like he went, he probably got triple the value of it every day because we were doing soda and smoothies. And that package is a phenomenal deal for someone who doesn't drink alcohol. And I can't, I can't say enough good things about that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's. I, I agree with a lot of things you said there about the drink package. It certainly makes a lot of sense uh, as to why there. So, uh, of course, if you're looking for more information, uh, not only about Sherry's Cruises, I know you're, you're actually, you have produced and you are producing more uh, Harmony of the Seas and Royal Caribbean uh, type videos. Check out her YouTube channel, uh, Cruise Tips TV. I'll post a link in our show notes as well so you can find it very easily. Uh, but she does a great job. And you're doing actually uh, Vlogtober right now. You want to give us a quick uh, synopsis uh -huh. of what Vlogtober is, because once you once you do Vlogtober, you can never undo Vlogtober. <laughs> I know. I think we do Vlogtober because we are crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But yeah, we do a video every single day in the month of October. It's the third year we've done it. So it's a combo of live streams and vlogs and tip segments every single day in October. But next time I'll have to remember not to come back from a cruise the day before Vlogtober starts <laughs> and not to lose my voice, because that makes it kind of hard to do daily yeah. videos. But yeah, it's a ton of fun. We usually do end up meeting a lot of new people through Vlogtober um, every year. They come to see our videos. So it's been great. And the vlogs are slow because we've just been so busy, but they'll be coming soon. There you go. Awesome. Well, Sherry, always a pleasure to have you on here. And it sounds like I've convinced you to take the next Royal Green Cruise. Should be a lot easier or a lot sooner anyway to get that, that ball rolling. Yeah, and I will definitely take Mariner and Navigator to heart. I think that's great advice. And I just also want to thank you, though, Matt, because you, I have been talking about this nonstop for the last week since we got home, but everything that you do for your community and all the information that you share, it has so much value. And we, we literally, I, I will say we confidently can say that we had a way better cruise because of your content, your podcasts, 
and just all that you're doing. So, so thank you from the bottom of our Cruise Tips TV family heart for, for serving the Royal Caribbean community. It's, it's amazing stuff. Well, I, I, I really appreciate that you're very welcome. And it's, and I know you know this feeling as well, that the most gratifying feeling for someone like yourself or myself is when you hear that the things you talk about ad nauseum are actually helpful to people and they actually made their vacation better. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Just watch out though, because it was all I could do before the last cruise, not to email you and stuff every day going, Matt, what do I do about this? So I was like, don't, don't, don't email Matt. Just go back and watch the, you know, the episode of the podcast where he talked about that. But believe me, it occurred to me. All right, guys, time to answer your listener questions. And uh, we're going to actually start off today with one more cruise confession. It was sent to us from Jen about two weeks ago. I asked you all for what's something that you do on a cruise that you know you probably shouldn't be doing, but you do it anyway. And uh, today we got one from Jenna Ritz. My confession is that the last three cruises have been on Norwegian Cruise Line. The perk of the free drink package is hard to beat, not to mention their food is amazing, but listening to you has convinced me to pay up and go on Mariner of the Seas in April. We're bringing my mother-in-law, so the drink package will be worth every penny thanks to the great podcast. <laughs> Jenna, I am glad you've seen the error in your ways and you're joining us over here back in the uh, back in the safe area. Let's move on to our next email. It's from Danielle from Atlanta. Writes, quick story and then a question. A few months ago, I had excitedly emailed you about my recent booking for a five-night Majesty of the Sea sailing to Havana, Cuba. It was scheduled to leave on October 28th, and I was concerned about booking our trip on the tail end of hurricane season and how it could potentially affect our docking in Cuba. You gave me the best advice that I've taken from you to date. You told me to manage my expectations accordingly. Anything can happen and, spoiler alert, it did. No more than a month later did we receive the doomed letter from Royal Caribbean telling us that all Cuba sailings would be canceled and rerouted for the foreseeable future. Luckily, we had a backup cruise in mind and we're now sailing on a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on your favorite ship, Allure of the Seas for Halloween. I have learned not to stress too much about what ifs, but keeping in mind it helps to set my expectations and have a great experience no matter what modifications come my way. I do have a question though. My family and I are celebrating my mother's recent graduation from her PhD program with a seven night Alaska glacier experience on Serenade of the Seas in June, 2020. What's your best advice for an Alaska cruise and what are some of the highlights that we can see for each of the destinations? We'll be traveling to Juneau, Skagway and Ketchikan. Danielle, thanks for the, so much for the email. And uh, I'm glad the advice about Cuba obviously helped you out there. I, I don't think I had that in mind that your entire itinerary would be changed, but you never know with these things. So uh, definitely have, uh, you know, Keep your expectations in line always. So let's go to your question about going to Alaska. I absolutely loved Alaska. It's amazing. Couple things. And Danielle, I would definitely recommend you check out royalcaribbeanblog.com. We have a lot of great content about Alaska. And I shared also some of the things, some of the mistakes I made, some things I would do again. But in terms of best advice for Alaska, number one, research and book your excursions before you get on the ship. You know, when we talk about the Caribbean, you don't really need to book excursions that far ahead of time. In fact, it's, there's really not a problem even if you wait to book it on the ship. Alaska is a whole different animal. And with Alaska, you want to research what's there, what there is and also look at non-Royal Caribbean excursions. There's a ton of things to do there and Royal Caribbean is not the only game. And I feel like in Alaska, it's more pronounced because there's so many other options outside of it. So definitely research your excursions ahead of time. Number two is something you'll hear a lot about when it comes to packing for Alaska, pack in layers. So what that means is, as an example, Danielle, when you go out on shore, you'll probably, this is what I would ideally recommend you be wearing, which would be like a t-shirt as your base layer. Then you have like a hoodie or a fleece jacket as your second layer. And then you have an optional uh, rain protection layer. So a waterproof jacket of some kind of light one, not, not like, you know, a heavy, Parker you use for a winter storm, but something that's just going to keep the water out from the layers one and two as your third layer. And that way you can add them back on or, or take them off accordingly and you'll be okay because it's so hard to predict the weather. And in June, which is when I went to Alaska last year, you know, some days it was like really warm and other days it was really chilly. So you want to have that in mind. And otherwise, I mean, spend as much time as you can, you know, outside taking in the scenery, especially when you're passing by the glaciers, you know, the first day or so, not so much to see, but as you're going from port to port, you're gonna see a lot of great wildlife. Bring binoculars, that's another big one over there. I wouldn't spend like, you know, hundreds of dollars on some crazy binoculars from like the, you know, sports sporting goods stores, but you know, it, it probably behooves you to invest a little bit in there. Maybe see if you have any friends or family have their own from way back when, because it really can make a difference, especially if you wanna see what's going on on shore. It's, you're really close to shore, but not close enough from the ship that you can necessarily see 
Is that a moose or is that a log? You know what I mean? So definitely take advantage of that. But then you're gonna love it. Oh my gosh. Hopefully you'll have as great time as I did over in Alaska. Our next email is coming to us from Jay from Toronto. After being on 20 cruises, mostly Caribbean, but also Alaska two times and Europe two times, my question is, is looking to try New England for the first time, but stuck on how to get from Manhattan train station to the port in New Jersey. Love the podcast. Jack, thanks for the email. And to get from New York City, whether you're talking about the Manhattan train somewhere in Manhattan, over to Bayonne, New Jersey, no problem at all. The easiest, simplest way to do it is get it back up to the street level, Jack, and then use Lyft or Uber. This is the, uh, you know, the, the ride sharing service you can use. I mean, there's the New York City, the yellow cabs will do this as well, but Lyft or Uber is simple, easy, and going outside of New York City, going to Jersey with a New York City cab can be kind of iffy. They can do it potentially, but what I do is I just use Lyft or Uber. It's simple, effective, and among the cheapest options that are there. You could do it a whole lot cheaper if you took the subway down to the PATH train. The PATH train is a subway that goes between New York City and New Jersey. Then take the PATH train all the way into Jersey somewhere, go back up to the surface and take a cab from there. It's a lot of extra work, not to mention you have to carry your luggage on a you know, on a subway car, which is not ideal. So my advice, use Lyft or Uber. It is the absolute way to go, certainly the simplest. Next email is from Kylie, writes, Hi Matt, recently discovered your amazing blog and podcast as my husband and I will be embarking on our very first cruise this winter, December 20th on Anthem of the Seas at a Bayonne. As first timers, we have a ton of questions. I'm a Disney World and Las Vegas planning pro and the unknown of the cruising experience has me pretty nervous, especially since my husband has never wanted a cruise and is only going because I begged. I really want experience to be amazing all around. With that in mind, number one, we don't celebrate Christmas. I know this is labeled a holiday cruise. How easy is it to get away from the Christmassy activities? Will all the trivia and movie at the pool selections be Christmas themed? Will all the live music performances be Jingle Bells? Good question, Kylie. You know, I have not done a Christmas sailing myself, but you know, there the activities, there, there's gonna be decorations on the ship. You're probably used to seeing that in and around your town anyway. The difference is there's gonna be some activities, but it's pretty easy to get away from it. I mean, if you're on the pool deck, you know, it's still gonna be playing, you know, hot, hot, hot and other Caribbean vibes really going all around there. There's gonna be certain activities that are gonna be happening, but they're not gonna be dominating. This isn't gonna be a Christmas cruise. It's just simply, it's going over the holiday. There's gonna be some activities there, but I don't think you're gonna feel overwhelmed by the fact that there is a holiday in there. I think it's just gonna be something, you know, almost a backdrop to it. Number two, Kylie writes, I expect this will be a family heavy cruise. We are in our early thirties and don't have kids yet, though we do love kids and are not the type to get annoyed by kids being kids. However, we would like to participate in activities and go places that may be a bit more adult friendly. I already know about the solarium. Are there any other adult locations aboard or are kids common everywhere on the ship, including bars? You know, in bars, generally not. They're very few and far between, unless of course there's like family karaoke or something going on there. But if you go to a bar, especially at night, Kylie, no, you're not gonna see a ton of kids over there. I mean, you know this already. Royal Caribbean is a family cruise line. So you're gonna see kids around the ship. But if you're looking for, I mean, I, once you get into the evening hours and you go to these bars, unless there's like family events listed, it's very rare in my experience to see children certainly in the bars. They're not excluded from there, but there you go. The casino is probably the most obvious other choice to go to. Kids can walk through the casino. It's not like Las Vegas where they're banned from walking out even on the carpet or something like that. But they're very infrequently seen over there. So between the solarium, the casino, the bars, you know, some of the uh, adult only events, if you see in the cruise compass, something like adult only comedy or something like that, there's another opportunity for you. But you know what? I, I think you'll find it pretty a nice balance to be perfectly honest. Kyle also wants to know, we would like to purchase both the beverage package and Wi-Fi for two devices. Is the bundle package the most economic or will we get a better deal purchasing them separately during a sale? It's a great question and it depends. In a lot of cases, especially when the one device Voom packages go on sale during a cruise, cruise planner sale, it is actually a better deal to purchase it separately. So do what my wife does all the time, Kylie. Price them both out, do a little bit of math and pull up that calculator and figure it out. So don't assume the bundle is always better because in a lot of cases, what happens is the one device Voom package gets discounted, but the combo does not. And thus it ends up being a better deal to purchase separately. And lastly, Kylie wants to know, we're having, we're wavering rather about whether to get off the ship in NASA, since it seems to be the only things that interest us are things we could do for free on the ship, like visit a cool bar or have a nice meal. Should we decide to grab a lunch and check out the casino at Atlantis or Baja Mar? Is there a way to pre-book round trip transportation? The whole grab a cab at the port thing makes my husband nervous. I so, so appreciate your blog and podcast. They've helped me so much and have psyched me up for my very first cruise. Thanks so much for the very kind compliments. The answer is uh, not really for the transportation issue. 
you know, there are excursions that will take you to these places, but you're obviously, like you said, you kind of want to decide at the last minute, it sounds like. You know, there are excursions that will take you certainly to Atlantis, but beyond that, it's really cab. Now, the good news is both Atlantis and Baja Mar are cab central. I mean, first of all, when you walk off the ship, there'll be a ton of cabs waiting for you over there. So that'll get you to either Atlantis or Baja Mar. And then when you're either at Atlantis or Baja Mar, there's an army of cabs waiting there day and night to take you back. So you should have no qualms. If you're going somewhere else on the island, yeah, that might be an issue. And if it gives your husband a little anxiety, whatever cab you take to bring you to one of these locations, ask them for a card. You say, hey, can I call you later? and have you come pick us up. Now keep in mind, you may be waiting a couple extra minutes for that cab to come back around to you versus the cabs are sitting around there, but at least maybe have that in your, in your, literally in your back pocket. So that way when you walk out of the, of the hotel or the casino and you don't see any cabs or you're not feeling comfortable with it, you have that guy's number and you can use, you know, Wi-Fi calling or heck, you can even have the hotel, I'm sure, flag you one down. Shouldn't be an issue at all. So in those locations, Kylie, I don't think you'll have any issues at all. Hope you have a great time. And I'm gonna tell you this other thing, since you have experience as a planner, especially Disney World, I think you're going to find cruising with your background to be very amenable, if you will, to your to your thinking and, and planning process. There's a lot of correlation between the two. And we have time for one more email, and that is from Oliver, who writes, I completely agree with you about taking kids on vacation for a few days during the school year. My parents used to take us to Chile to visit my grandparents. I was born in Chile, and my mom grew up there to German parents from Leipzig only place they could get a visa in 1938. Anyway, I digress. We used to visit them quite often in the summer and usually in the winter as well, usually over winter break and sometimes for a little longer. It was great because it was summer there and it was winter in Houston. I think that in elementary school, it makes no difference to miss a little school. Middle school is probably okay, but depends on the child and whether they're in advanced classes or not. And by high school, you unfortunately just can't do it anymore because if they miss school, it's a big deal to make up the work. And yeah, the five days of unexcused absences is kind of ridiculous. Love your site and podcast. Thank you, Oliver. Really appreciate the email. I mean, you're, uh, you're you're preaching to the choir here, Oliver, so I'm with you on that. And, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is, but we balance it well. And I think the fact that we live in Florida and that allows us to not necessarily have to spend a day traveling via airfare in for Caribbean cruises anyway helps us out a little bit, but it's always that balance. And when we're coming to picking cruises and deciding, you know, school is probably one of the most uh, concerning issues now in our family as to whether or not a cruise works more so even than how much the cruise costs and the itinerary and other factors that usually dominate the discussion for booking a cruise. So uh, anyway, well, we, we deal with it the best we can there, right? Thank you to Oliver and thank you to everybody for joining me on this week's podcast episode. Until next time, I'm Matt Hodgeberg, and we'll talk again real soon.